welcome to Josie's Bar Podcast. We are your friendly neighbourhood bar in Hell's Kitchen and we love all things Daredevil so much that every week we review an issue of Daredevil going in chronological order and I'm Claire and I've read them all before. Well, almost all of them, I think. Um, and my co-host is Vicky, who has not read them before. Say hi, Vicky. Hi. And we have a returning very special... I'm weirded out by how you said hi. Uh, we have a returning very <laughs> special guest. Uh, returning, it's Daniel. Woo! Hi, guys. Yay. Thanks for having me back. And Daniel and Bailey. And Bailey. Bailey the dog, yes. Dogs are welcome in Josie's Bar. When we have a cat here already, we've got J- Luna the Josie's Bar cat is... Uh, sitting next to me so Aww. she looks very excited about recording she doesn't she's lying there asleep and snoring <laughs> um yeah welcome back daniel we are always excited to have you on awesome thank you so much for having me back it's always a pleasure yeah <laughs> bailey is excited to be here as well it's okay Aww. she likes cat, so she wants to Aww, be friends with all yeah <laughs> yeah luna luna will not move unless i open a, t- a tin of tuna and then I might get a reaction out of her, but nope, <laughs> apart from that, she's, no, she's going to be asleep there probably for the next six hours. Um, so this uh, episode, we are covering issue number 31, which is called Blind Man's Bluff, which mm. came out August the 1st, 1967. Daniel, it was a crazy issue last week. I don't know if you've listened to last week's episode. We had Tammy on for that one. It was a wacky I, time. I I'm a little bit behind. Uh, I've read, That's you know, through the last time I was on, and then I read this issue, but I haven't had a chance to read, like, the middle ones or listen to your podcast yet. I've, it's been a few, busy few weeks for work, so I'm a little bit behind. We forgive you. Don't worry. We'll it's, let you it's 2021. Do not worry at all. Yeah. Um, all <laughs> you need to know is last week, uh, um, <laughs> Matt Murdock <laughs> was pretending to be Mike Murdock, was pretending to be Daredevil, was pretending to be Thor. And got shot in the eyes with a ray that, or a chemical that is supposed to blind you, but because he's already blind, he lost his super senses instead. Because science. That's science. what happened. Uh, that's what happened. So this week, the description is: robbed of his super senses by Mr. Hyde, Matt Murdock realizes what it's like to be truly blind. How will Daredevil navigate life as a superhero without his superpowers? And will Matt be able to trust those closest to him? A Stan the Man Lee and Gene the Dean Colon Thriller Minute Triumph. uh, Embellished by John Tartaglioni and lettered by Artie Simek, uh, August the 1st, 1967. Um, So before we get into that, we are a bar and so we all have a drink. What's everyone drinking today? I am drinking... A Pepsi Max Cherry. Of course. It's my old classic. What about (laughs) you, Daniel? Uh, I'm just being lame again this week. I just got a water. (laughs) That's all right. I mean, I still still like the the lame person from Cody Ugly, but, you know, (laughs) it's just me. (laughs) We won't kick you out for drinking water in Josie's bar. Don't worry. It's absolutely fine. (laughs) Get the fire hose. (laughs) (laughs) You're right. What are you drinking, Vicky? Is it some kind of tea? Um, it is. Uh, it's just normal tea. Um, and I also have a uh, a glass of infused water with ginger. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Very posh. Now, um, Vicky, you sent me a text earlier. Can I read it to the listeners? You may. Uh, so I got this following text from Vicky this morning. I am going to bitch slap Matt Murdock into the fucking sun after this week's issue. Now, Vicky, before we get into it, why? Why? Oh, there are so many layers to this club. <laughs> well, we'll I go just... through them one at a time. Tell us the exact moment in the comics where... Well, where apart, you were uh, aside from him turning into a gross ableist uh within like the first couple of pages um i just yeah about halfway through <laughs> i just yeah <laughs> i i thought like i i got angry last week with his Excuse my language, utter bullfuckery. Um, <laughs> How can you get angry with last week? It was a delightful story. Of oh my one God. man swinging through the city wearing plastic arms and a plastic face. I just, but this week I just, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> and Daniel, you said before about the wackiness of these issues, and as you said, you've missed a few issues. So, what was your sort of general thoughts on this week before we get into it? I mean, it was kind of a quick issue. Um, I mean, I can definitely understand why it would upset just, you know, in modern times, you know, I guess, you know, how how blindness is is perceived back, you know, in the 60s and how people can get around and that kind of thing. Um, there was a lot of tropes in this issue that I think have kind of been recycled a little bit, mm-hmm. um, you know, with, you know, the random woman on the street trying to, like, you know, rip the the costume on because she's so obsessed, you know, (laughs) and, and I don't know. And then, you know, Matt continuing to give Foggy a hard time and, (laughs) and, uh, you know, some of that kind of stuff. And, you know, the, the two bad guys constantly kind of competing against each other and who's the best one. And, you know, I just, it was a little bit of eye rolling just because of the tropes that have kind of been recycled in this issue, you know, and, and just generally, I thought it was just kind of a quick issue, but, and I, I I did find it a little bit interesting to have Matt, you know, with completely without superpowers and you know having to really feel his way, um, as you know, as a traditional blind person would have to, and having to deal with that kind of for the first time, mm-hmm. and you know, and still you know still wanting to you know be Daredevil and still wanting to help. So I thought it it highlighted you know, the, the man without fear aspect of it, where he, you know, truly doesn't have any powers, he's truly disabled, but still is wanting to get out there and, and do good. So I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, having to see him deal with it truly for the first time and still, you know, having to face the fear of going out there and, you know, being, you know, of help and be of service while still, you know, truly being disabled. So I thought it's that aspect a, yeah. was kind of interesting. It definitely highlights that, you know, like the man without fear, which is, you know matt's bravery but also his kind of recklessness you know um yeah uh but i really like that because yeah it's i mean you have it on the cover of the comic of him on this tripwire over the city without any powers whatsoever is um it's pretty intense so um we start off the issue where he's lost his super senses and he's immediately knocking stuff over everywhere oh i should mention as well i have the issue of this comic in front of me so if there are any interesting ads we've not seen before i will mention them yeah but i think there's there's always a lot of repeats but i'll have a look to see if there is any uh so he hears the police arriving outside um and manages to escape 
um, because he finds the route that he heard Mr. Hyde and the Cobra use. Um, so yeah, he's kind of tripping all over the place. Um, but he does find this this doorknob um, as the police kick the door in, and this police officer looks like he's just broken his fractured his ankle oh, no. in his battle. There's there's some very strange leg leg and foot shapes going on in this issue. I just looked at this guy's ankle and was like, ah! <laughs> I was just expecting no, a crap. But I'll never unsee it. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's it's just at a funny angle. But I do really like the way that panel's drawn. Um, mm. Again, like it's it's very dynamic. I love them like slamming the door open. It's just the angle of the foot is just a little bit off. So I was like, it was like, I did kickboxing. So I'm just looking at that going, oh, you would have broken your toes and your ankle doing that, you know? I did, I did very much. There is a, a very gratuitous uh, Matthew booty shot. Oh, there is. The, yeah, I mean, in the they, first they have one just so for I'm you. Like, mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, they, they put it in every issue just for you, Vicky. Yeah. Um, so the police, these police are really good at their job because they suspect someone else was with Mr. Hyde and Cobra. But who? And I put, and how? Yeah, how did you pick that out? I don't know if it's because they see the open door and the trap door. And I, I'm i not sure how they know there's someone else there, but I don't know. Um, so Daredevil feels his way along the street. It's the very early hours of the morning, so not many people are around, even though this is obviously New York. Um, and he nearly falls down some steps because he's really feeling his way around. He's in his full Daredevil outfit. So I thought this was kind of interesting because he is sort of going down the street. And though no, there's not many people around, obviously, it is New York. So people are seeing him and he's trying to not act helpless. But obviously oh, no, he's completely like, disorientated. I was just kind of like, dude, find a dark alley and just like hide in it for a little while while you figure out what to do. Like. Rather than he he must is like staggering around looking maybe like he's drunk in his daredevil costume. Yeah, <laughs> but like, people would probably it, think he was drunk, I guess, or and it, and it's kind had of a like concussion. It's, it's New York, and it, it kind of um, I found it quite weird that they immediately assume that it is actually daredevil and not some like drunk frat boy. Dressed into the costume shop, who's just kind of like you know got lost on his way home or something. So I found that quite interesting that it was like they went straight in and was like, oh my god, it's Daredevil. Mm. It's kind of like, is it? Because it's oh my god, it's Thor. Because it's like it's so out of character, you know. He's yeah, you don't see him at ground level, um, and especially not just kind of like leaning up against walls and stuff. So I just I I found it a little bit strange. Mm Hmm. Were you gonna say Daniel? I just had that noted as well about, you know, how everyone just assumes this is the real Daredevil. You know, it's kind of that just assumption of knowledge of, oh, this is really him. <laughs> I think it's everyone assumes kind of apart from suspicious man in the background, he's wearing the brown hat because he's yeah. throwing D- Daredevil some shade. He's like, he doesn't look convinced. I like yeah, this and then guy. I just thought about if he had his little, like, you know, pouch backpack with his regular clothes neatly folded in, mm-hmm. you know, he could have just, you know, changed in. So maybe he abandoned the the backpack with the civilian clothes too, too soon. Or he should have it where he's got, like, he's like, oh, it's a good job that I carry a full change of clothes in my cane. And he presses yeah. the button and, like, a full outfit comes <laughs> flying out onto him. 
felt like if it was if it was anywhere else, if it was any other city, you'd kind of be like, okay, well, uh, yeah, it's Daredevil. But it's New York. They've got superheroes flying around. You know, it's the home of like the Fantastic Four and the Avengers. Um, and it, it's New York. Like weird shit that happens there all the time. So it's I, it, I found it quite odd that they just automatically were straight away like, oh, it's Daredevil. Yeah. And he he tries to ask the people because they all you know most of them are trying to help him, um, and they he asks them whereabouts he is and it doesn't work because they're like oh you know this neighbourhood better than we do and he's like oh, oh crap, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which I thought was quite funny because <laughs> yeah why would they be like well Daredevil you're on whatever avenue <laughs> you know what I mean of course, um, so he tells them that he was injured in a fight, um, and then this woman reaches out <laughs> out to him. And then tries to steal part of his mask um, and does succeed because she's going to go and put it in her hope chest. Like, uh, I found this quite, like, this was creepy. Yeah, I don't, whenever I hear, I mean, I don't think we have hope chests over here, Vicky, was that ever a thing? But whenever I I hear about, you know, people like, oh, I'm going to go put it in my hope chest. Like, I know they mention it in Back to the Future. Um, mm. you know, and I'm just like, I don't just, like it. But just like the whole, like the rest of the crowd were pretty chill. You know, yeah. they were just kind of like, you know, we'll, we'll help you. You know, you're clearly concussed or whatever. We'll help you get you where you need to be. At no point did anyone like stop this woman, <laughs> like restrain no. her. And it was just, it was like a really... It's just the whole if you I mean they probably weren't even thinking about this when they were writing it but the whole kind of like consent issue as as well is is just kind of like she just didn't care she was like I want a piece of Daredevil well and so I'm guy gonna, I'm gonna well, get it sort of tells Daredevil because he does grab her wrist um mm. obviously because he can't you know he can't see so he's just grabbed her hand while it's up to his face and then the guy's like, no need to be so rough. She didn't mean any harm. And I'm like, you can't just go ripping pieces off people's outfits. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. And it's just, I, I just found the whole kind of interaction super creepy. It made it actually made me quite uncomfortable. Well, maybe she'll be back in another issue. She'll turn up in Spider-Man. She's stealing bits of Spider-Man's outfit. And she's going to make a... Uh, an exquisite corpse of a superhero made out of all different superheroes' outfits. It puts the lotion on its skin. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, she's the Buffalo Bill of superheroes. What? Um, well, what did you think of this scene, Daniel? It, it really was creepy, and mm. I, I'm not sure why they went there. Like, I, yeah, I mean, just... it was almost like like Karen has kind of been, you know, a, a, a a control level of creepy, but this was just, you know, Karen. <laughs> this is like Karen Unleashed. Like, I don't know. But yeah. it was, I don't know, it was just, I guess they were trying to, you know, illustrate how difficult it is, you know, just being, you know, in costume on the streets and, you know, having to deal with people. But I don't know, like, I just don't think it was very flattering for anyone involved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he's and quite rough it, with her. I mean, it looks like he breaks her arm, like from the way angle it's drawn. It's like, well, obviously I mean, he doesn't. To, but to be fair, if someone came at me like that, trying to like rip off some of my clothes, I'd probably break their wrist as well. Mm, yeah, yeah. So 
don't know. It was just an odd. It is to me. It was just one of those things that just hasn't aged well, just in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it just it almost like it. It almost like it just sort of didn't fit in the whole narrative. I think they were just kind of trying to, like Darren said, just kind of trying to make it obvious that he was completely out of his element and mm-hmm. you know without his senses and everything he's on ground level and he's like really vulnerable but it just it almost felt like it didn't fit into the narrative particularly it was it was quite a harsh way of of trying to state the obvious yeah it was a very weird moment that they could have done another way i think mm. and shown the same thing so he decides to head back to yeah, Matt Murdock's apartment, and he calls a taxi and manages to get it on credit. I was like, well, that taxi driver's very trusting. But also, it's like he's been wandering the streets for hours, right? Yeah. Um, he even says, like, he's been wandering the streets for hours. It's like, why, you know, you're supposedly one of the best lawyers in, in, in New York. Why the heck didn't you think of that in the first place? <laughs> I'll just pay, I'll just pay the cab. It's fine. Because then we wouldn't cab. have got that previous scene. this is this is is where like i started to get quite angry (laughs) about things because i was just like god you're such a dick matt (laughs) well matt has a a brilliant plan after brilliant plan in this issue bearing in mind his brilliant plan last week was he dresses up as thor um he decides that because he now can't properly can't see he decides that he's still going to pretend that mike murdoch is daredevil and he has to now pretend that daredevil is blind this is very hard to say because it's like it's like because he is blind but now daredevil is blind which means that mike has also gone blind so just i (laughs) my 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 note my note here is how matt how does that make sense? Why are you like this? <laughs> oh, yeah. So, oh, go on, go on, Daniel. Sorry, go on. Lies. Oh, it's just kind of funny with the soap opera with just lies within lies within lies. It's just like maybe, yeah. maybe just, maybe just be Matt for maybe a little while until up. you until you figure out like what's wrong you know how you can get your senses back and stuff. yeah just 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 be mad for a little while yeah it's or, fine. or tell them the truth tell your two closest friends in the whole world the truth as to what's going on yeah how can he like yeah and like be honest with his two best friends and be like look heads up guys i'm actually daredevil <laughs> uh yeah, and um, i've had this my... accident and now I'm like, you know, and just be honest, like, yeah, but then like there would be Mike, no story. Mike isn't real. I made him up and <laughs> I'm a terrible person. And now and I've I'm actually s- lost my super senses and I'm quite scared. And yeah, yeah, he's just like, nope. No, no I'm, I'm going to weave another one. Of my... <laughs> <sighs> so we can tell he's lost all his senses or his super senses because he wears the following outfit uh it's another mike murdoch classic it's, it's, a, it's another mike special mm-hmm. um it's a yellow and red hat a red turtleneck a very thick like a red brown turtleneck it's brown in the actual physical issue it's red on the computer um and then a blue suit with a little white hanky 
it's yeah and, it's not good and his um and his ridiculous uh his the, the, the like, shades. yes these shades are so big i will say though i like the way matt's hair is drawn in that that panel where he's putting on his shades it's very tussled yeah. towels old. Uh, so mike is guided to the office where um by a couple of uh, people, including the little bellhop guy. I like his purple outfit. Um, and Foggy, meanwhile, is in the office and he mentions that he's got a million cases and Matt is nowhere to be seen and instead Mike turns up. <laughs> so once again, we were like, Foggy's doing all the work, bless him. But you know what? Like, shout out to Foggy for immediately sticking up for Matt and being like, if this is some kind of like sick prank, because mm-hmm. he, he comes in like with his, you know, seeing eye stick uh, and everything, he was like, if this is some kind of like sick prank, you can get the fuck out right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, Foggy, like for God's sake, Matt, like this is literally the best friend in the whole world. I love he thinks that Mike would do that to his brother. <laughs> like, I know. Mike, you know. Um, but. Mike immediately trips over the the desk. He says it used to be on the other side of the room, so I think they've been moving stuff around. I don't I don't know. I was like, it's probably been so long since you've been to work, yeah, Matt. You don't know where stuff goes. Um, and then I thought this was the most bizarre thing in the issue, and I want your guys' opinion. So rather than say it was an accident that he's lost his sight, he says that he and Matt so Matt's already blind and they're twins so he was born obviously with a weakness in his eyes as well that just came out later lies upon lies I I was like I I guess but Foggy would know that Matt didn't hadn't didn't have like a genetic condition that caused his his blindness like he was in an accident (laughs) Foggy knows doesn't he he knows that it was an accident yeah. 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 I found this really bizarre that he wouldn't just be like, Oh, yeah, I was I had something thrown in my face by I was fighting Mr. Hyde and the Cobra and they threw something in my face and it took my sight away. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, it's kind of ironic because my how it also happened to my brother, but you know, there we go. I well, found this this story very stop. weird. He literally can't stop with the 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 web weaving. Mm. Yeah, do we? Are we? We're getting into a compulsive liar area. Like I am, but I, I just found it weird. Like I, like what? What do you think about this, Daniel? Because I can think of another example in the comics, much much later, where they do a similar thing, which I'll I'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, I I really found it odd. Like that was what I was assuming he was gonna do was just say, you know, because they already you know know he's Daredevil, so why wouldn't he just say, well, you know, this is what actually happened. Mm. So yeah, it was. It found it very odd. Um, there was a little blurb here. Um, I don't know if you guys caught it where he talks about Foggy was saying, well, trouble with your eyes, uh, then that's why you always wore mm-hmm. sunglasses. It was more than just an act. Um, it, it's a little autobiographical because I think Stan Lee actually had an eye condition, um, mm-hmm. and that's why he wore like darker uh, sunglasses all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of an interesting kind of throw-in there. Um, but yeah, I, I found it odd. Um, you know, it's just another layer of, of lie, you know, I don't know. It's, it's kind of odd. I'm going to, and this is a story I've mentioned to Vicky before, 
Um, and it's kind of a spoil. It's a spoiler for listeners, but this is a story that that happens. It it, it it's from you know not that many years, like the last ten years or so. Um, you know that it came out, which is Daredevil. Oh, so we will be dead before we get to that story anyway. <laughs> but so also, it's it's not really in the main canon of daredevil even though it's technically meant to be canon and it's not a very popular story with fans um but daniel you've probably read it and i know vicky is aware of it but it's the same thing they did which is daredevil end of days oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh god it's it's don't get me started (laughs) yeah so in in that for but it's a similar thing they do where i remember just thinking the writing was bizarre because in it, it's it's I, I consider it as like an alternate timeline because I I don't see how it can be canon. But in it, Daredevil has a daughter, and his daughter is uh, has got a terrible name which I won't say because it's terrible, and um, and she is also blind, and she says to another character, "It's the only thing I inherited from my father," which I always found really bizarre because again, yeah. Matt did not have. A, a genetic condition that could be passed down. He lost his sight in an accident. And yeah. this reminds me of it again, where it's saying, like, oh, well, my brother's blind in an accident. It would be like, well, you know, my brother was in a, a crash and was paralysed from the waist down. Um, so ten years later, I also am because we're twins. It's like, what? Like, it's, yeah. it makes, it's really strange writing. It's like they forgot. It's like they forgot, like, what happened. But it's such a big thing that they they couldn't have forgotten. Yeah, just mm, very strange. Yeah. So it it just reminded me of that from Dead of Winter Days, which we will review at some point in about 15 years. Uh, anyway, here is an ad for you guys. Oh. Now you can be taller instantly <gasps> by at least two full inches. With amazing new invisible lifty height increase pads. Are you handicapped in your social contacts because of your short appearance? Are you tired of being called shorty? Now at last you need not suffer this embarrassment any longer with the aid of lifty, the new amazing height increase pads. So basically they're like little pads you put in your in your shoes and then they make you taller. Tony Stark goes through that ad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. They are lightweight foam rubber and cushion cork pads, and they cost $1.98 a pair. Ooh, pricey. There you go. Bargain. And they have it for men and women. But that was the only new ad that I spotted, like big new ad in this issue, so I thought I'd mention it. I like Um, it. Yeah. So, um, So he's basically lying to Foggy again here. Um... We cut from this scene to my panel of the week, I think, which is Cobra slithering out of a car <laughs> and going and belly flopping on the floor. My, I was my like, does he not walk anywhere? Does he just <laughs> go on his belly everywhere he goes? <laughs> my my panel of the week is Cobra's butt sticking out of the pipe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why don't you just get out the door of this car cobra what are you doing <laughs> it's like he's got to prove how like snake like he is <laughs> so we discussed a lot last um episode daniel cobra's costume 
And I think Vicky said something like she thought there couldn't be a worse costume than the Masked Marauder. And then she saw the Cobra. What What are your thoughts on his his outfit? Uh, just everyone in like the Serpent Society just have terrible, terrible costumes. <laughs> uh, it's. I mean, at least it's themed, I guess. I mean, with the Masked Marauder, it was just kind of like he was just wearing a sheet, and that was it. <laughs> it was just very blah. I mean, at least this is going for a theme, but yeah, it's it's terrible. I don't think I realized last week how big his sleeves are. Like, how wide. I was like, they would get caught on stuff. Yeah. Like, like big, it, big it, tent it, sleeves. It makes, the entire thing makes no sense. Like, and his stupid watermelon helmet. Yeah, I think we likened it last week, Daniel, to those photos where people hollow out watermelons and put it on a cat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's it's a little bit unnecessary. <laughs> so they uh, break into this place in their own way. So first of all, Mr. Hyde is just breaking down the door. And Cobra's like, uh, 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 I can slip through this pipe because I'm super slippy. And he goes into the pipe and his butt's sticking out, which and that is my I thought Vicky would enjoy. And uh, and they manage to, to get in. So Mr. Hyde then rips his way into this safe and they steal loads of cash. And then as I, one of my other favourite moments of this comic is as they're sort of driving away mr hyde's like so uh, uh cobra's like so uh, what's your story then hyde why don't you ever rest what drives you tell me about your life uh why did you ever spend any of your whole and hyde says the money means nothing to me i crave excitement it's my strength against the whole world mankind must pay for what they've done to mr hyde he's just like anarchy. yeah so I was like, well, why don't you donate the money to like a good cause there, Mr. Hyde, if it's not about the money? You could be like a Robin Hood, you know? Or pull a joker and just set fire to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so 30 minutes later, they are cornered on a roof opposite uh, Nelson Murdoch's office by the police. Um, and meanwhile inside, Karen is crying over Mike's blindness because she's just had her hair done. <laughs> oh, God, just... <laughs> Oh. She's just had her hair restyled, Vicky. I I do like her hair, her new hair. It's it really does pretty. look awesome, but I'm just like, oh my god, like <laughs> this is what happens when men write comics, <laughs> especially in the sixties. Just like, oh, just it's like really, you're crying, you're crying because you just had your hair done and now Mike can't see it. You know, never mind the fact that, like, Mike's basically just turned up and gone, oh, lols, I'm blind now. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. I just... Oh. I mean, she does say first Matt and now, now you, Mike. And then she thinks, she doesn't say out loud, and I've just had my hair done, which would be pretty insensitive. But she thinks yeah. it to herself, you know. I just, yeah. So Mr. Hyde and the Cobra are fighting on the roof opposite the office. And Mike, uh, I have to say Mike because I can't say Matt as Mike. Mike decides to change into Daredevil anyway and tells Foggy to guide him through fighting them, I guess, so that Cobra and Mr. Hyde will assume he has his sight back. Um, just this, this whole, like, you know, Matt's always so like, oh, I've got to protect the two people that I love the most. You know, I can't let them get hurt. And he's just like, ha lols, no, let's just drag Foggy to the to the rooftop. Well, um, I, I love the fact involved, how much Foggy um, is protesting this plan. <laughs> He's just like, are you, like, what's wrong with you? Foggy is, is 
rightly protesting this plan um as he should because yeah it's not a good plan i mean luckily it does work but it's not a good plan um so meanwhile because we do talk about outfits as well on this emotional female spectator as she's called (laughs) which i thought would annoy you vicky is i i don't like this jumper i will find out if it's in my toots or boots but she's wearing this green jumper with spots on it and orange cuffs I, I like it. I didn't it. like it. I didn't like it. It's a bit reverse carrot for my liking. Oh, you and your reverse carrot phobia. <laughs> but I do like the way the the spectators are drawn in this issue. Like all the the kind of extras, you know, like the ones watching earlier and these ones, mm. and they're sort of watching this happen and reacting. And I really like it. And we get uh, uh, Mike almost falling, or Daredevil almost falling off the top of this roof, and Foggy saves him by grabbing his ankle. And poor Foggy's begging Mike. He's like, don't do it, Mike, I beg you. I just, what gets me about this is, just, I think what got, got me so angry about this. So Hyde is on the rooftop, like kicking off, throwing concrete at people and mm-hmm. everything else. It's like, you're in New York, like the, the centre, the hub of superhero activity. Like, just call Mr. Fantastic or something. Just wait two minutes and someone Just, else will show and, up. And, so, and someone will show up. Like, you... Like, what are you doing? But this what is... It's like the are... unspoken rule of the comics. It's like I was watching Falcon and Winter Soldier last night with my mum and dad, and this will not mean any spoilers... But my mum was like, why don't they just ring Thor? Why don't they just ring whoever? And I was like, because then the show wouldn't be able to happen. It's like you have to assume that apart from in like the Avengers films, whatever, they're the only superheroes around, you know? Yeah. Same thing in the comics. I I just thought, like, you're clearly incapacitated. Uh, Just, like, dude, just call someone else. Go like call call like Avengers Mansion and just say Could someone come out and, and help me and just deal with this please. Yeah, Daniel, you've said about sort of the '60s issues before, like this kind of age of comics, like and this is obviously getting quite wacky with Matt's plan to just go out as Daredevil anyway, which does go with his kind of his courage, as you said, the man without fear. Um, but what were your sort of thoughts on, on how, on like, like, what are your kind of thoughts on sort of Foggy having to deal with all this in these kind of issues? I, I feel so bad for Foggy because not only is he out helping, uh, Daredevil do all of this, but he's basically being insulted, like, the entire time he's helping. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's... I, uh, I, I mean, I've, I feel so bad for Foggy. <laughs> and then, and then, when you add that to the extra layer of the fact that it's actually Matt, Matt doing it, so it's not only his like best friend, but his business partner um, is lying. Not only, you know, not only lying to him, but also having a whale of a time, constantly insulting him whilst lying to him. <laughs> I just like the relationship if, will get better. I swear, Vicky. I just, like, if, I, if, I, if I was foggy and I found out in that moment, like exactly what was going on, I would just I would cut the Billy Club cord and let him fall to <laughs> death. Simple as that. Like you know what, Mr Hyde, you can have him. Yeah, <laughs> I'm done. 
Yeah, I do promise their relationship will get better later. <laughs> I hope so. They will be actual I'm, friends I'm, instead of frenemies, which is I'm what they build, are. I'm build, otherwise, I'm building a time machine and I'm going back to the 60s so I can bitch slap the writer's room. <laughs> like, Honestly. Yeah. Just don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, here's an <sighs> ad for you, Vicky, to cheer you up. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, Vicky, you used to be a smoker. I did. I don't know if you smoked Daniel or not. Um, I don't. Uh, but Vicky used to be a smoker, so here's an advert for you. Snowstorm tablets. Create a miniature snowstorm indoors. Will actually cover a whole room. Watch the fun start when you place one of these almost invisible tablets on the burning end of a cigarette. Watch them run for the snow shovel. What? I don't... I, I, yeah. Is that... Is that basically like shoving potassium permanganate into the end of a cigarette? I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, it all sounds very dangerous and not something I would want to do to shove a load of chemicals on the end of a cigarette. I'm, to yeah. be fair, like, if, the, if, if there was the option to have glitter instead... What, a glitter I'd storm? Go, yeah. <laughs> Well, if you want to do that, Vicky, you're going to have to train to be a wizard to learn how to do that. Bold of you to assume that I'm not. Ooh, ooh, that, that I'm not a that I'm not a sorcerer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I do love these panels, particularly the one where we're looking down at Daredevil. Yeah. And he's walking across this high wire because. It, it is very brave. I mean, he says that he can do this without his super senses because he trained in acrobatics. And he used to do it with that second thought. He would have run across this. But now, obviously, he's really struggling. He's really wobbling. He doesn't know where to put his feet. His balance is off, um, you know. Um, and I love the way this is drawn. I really like the perspective shot. Um, and it's such a small thing that he would normally do, like going across this, this tightrope. But it's like it really feels like this kind of Herculean task for him in this issue. And I really like that. There is a very there is one panel, though, where I'm not entirely sure if he even has a foot. Which one's that? It's like it's just him from the side. And he's trying to I think he's trying to like place his feet like on. He says something about tiptoes, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, where's your foot? (laughs) (laughs) Like. Yeah, it's the first. It's, it's, it's probably just the way it's drawn because his his boots are all like the same colour mm. as his outfit. Like you do get later with you know where sometimes Daredevil in some aspects is drawn where his boots are a solid colour. They're not shaded, but in this they are you know shaded as well as the rest of his outfit. Um, mm. So it makes it a bit more difficult to sometimes see. I think so. Uh, Daredevil falls, but he grabs onto the cable. And Mr. Hyde and Cobra are like, oh, he, he can see. Oh, blimey. So they, they run away. And then the cops are like, huh? And Ooh. see them running away because they've been watching Daredevil this whole time, uh, which I think is great. So they start shooting at Cobra and Mr. Hyde, who managed to escape. Um, so meanwhile, uh, Foggy, well, Foggy basically uh, orders Matt to come back to the ledge. <laughs> Uh, he's like, get back here now, <laughs> um, because he's been holding onto the cable this whole time. So uh, Daredevil makes it back to the ledge, and uh, and he basically says, it's still hard for me to believe that you can't see. 
and uh, Daredevil as Mike is like, oh yeah, I can believe it as easy as pie, and then basically gets Foggy to lead him back down the stairs. Um, me, and then Karen immediately throws her arms around him. <laughs> her new hair does look really nice. It does look really nice. Yeah. Um. So yeah, she's very very happy. Um, and then she basically says, you know, you can't carry on with this plan of pretend, you know, being dead over while you can't see anything. Uh, so he says, nope, I've got a new plan. So immediately Vicky was like, oh no, what's this new plan? Yeah. So, uh, he goes out with Foggy. Um, he says, uh, Foggy's leading Mike to Matt's house. And then they actually have a chat about how... It was kind of weird because he's he's not really much in the Mike Murdoch persona here. It's almost like mm-hmm. him and Matt talking, or him talking as Matt. And he basically says, "I know you don't like me," as in Foggy doesn't like Mike. And they agree it's because of Karen. So Mike says, "Oh, don't worry, Mary. Maybe Karen has a sister." Alright, <laughs> So next issue, that's when Karen's twin sister turns up, Vicky. Oh God. <laughs> Carol. Carol, Carol and Karen. So immediately in the background, Foggy is kidnapped. Of course. Um, And Matt Matt is kind of looking around for him. uh, But the Cobra appears and says, don't worry, I just forgot for a second that you really are still blind. So, I mean, we can talk about it when we get to Vic's predicts, but I would like to know what you think his plan is. Because we we don't find out in this issue, Vicky. I would say that, like, you know, the hopeful side of me (laughs) is like, well, maybe he'll decide that, like, Mike is going to some sort of, I don't know, rehab clinic or something mm. up upstate, um, so that Matt doesn't have to be Mike anymore. He can just, you know. Um, but then, of course, then you've got the whole like, well, Daredevil's still running around town, so blah 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 blah. But of course, it's not going to be that simple because this is Matt. <laughs> so I I I have no idea. Okay. Um. Well, that was the end of the issue. So let's do our boots and toots and then we can... I want to read a letter because I thought it was quite interesting. So let's do our boots for this week. Um, Daniel, I would like to know your boots first. Um, And that's why I wanted to know your thoughts on the Cobra's costume because you weren't on the last issue. Um, Not spoiling what my boot might be. (laughs) But what is your one, Daniel? I mean, yeah, it's... I guess this is my first time with with Cobra, so it's uh, it, it is a hard boot with Cobra's outfit. It, it is pretty terrible. Um, I mean, Hides is just not memorable enough to toot our boot. You know, mm. it's just kind of blah. Just, just I think it's what we it? said about the Ox's costume before was just it's like you said, it's not enough to toot our boot. It's just like right in the middle. It's like. Ugh. Mm. And I mean, so I definitely think that Cobras is, uh, you know, a hard boot, but I struggled with this issue with Toots and Boots because, mm-hmm. you know, outside of Cobras, like there was nothing really just memorable to like Toot or Boot about. I don't know. No, um, I, I but, agree uh, as well. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I do think I'll, I'll boot uh, Cobra's outfits. Um, I, I'm not sure if I really had like a strong tooth though, really anywhere in the issue. Okay, that's that's fine. Um, yeah, like, I mean, I actually didn't mind um, Mike's outfit in this one. I, I actually think it was a little bit better than his usual attire. <laughs> <laughs> His giant um, bat wing sunglasses, because <laughs> they kept reminding right. me of, like the Batman symbol for some reason. <laughs> okay. Um. Uh, or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I have a, a tooth this one. I don't this, know. It's I, very I fashion-like. This this issue, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Vicky, what are you going to toot and boot? I am going to once again boot uh, Cobra because I just, the whole, like, scaly legging purple toga watermelon hat combo is just, <laughs> like, I'm I'm not about that. It's t- Like, I like some hideous clothing. Like, for example, today uh, an order turned up and because I bought on Vinted a... <laughs> I love it so much. I have to send you guys a picture. Uh, it's a hoodie with uh, two kittens on the front reenacting that scene from Titanic where they're standing <laughs> at the front of the boat. And nice. I love it so much. Uh, nice. But yeah, like Cobra, no, sis. No. Okay. No, 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 no. Boot. Um, I'm going to tote. I'm going to tote emotional lady spectators little Ooh. reverse carrot combo because I quite like that. Okay. See, her outfit was my mild boot, because I don't Ooh. like it. I'm more of a stripes person than a spots person. Mm. Um, but my my hard, hard boot is the Cobra, because <laughs> he is the new mass marauder of fashion. It's so bad. And when you add, when you, and when you add the level of, like, tombs from X-Files-ness yeah. about him, I just... It's just, mm-hmm. n- yeah, it's not good. My mm-hmm. toot... No, ma'am. My toot is going to... And it's a mild toot, because I agree with Daniel, there really isn't much in this issue, um, is going to be Karen, because Ooh. I do quite like her her little outfit, which is like um, like a blue miniskirt and a green jumper and her new hair. Aww. And also, I mean, and she's not wearing the same thing that she's been wearing for weeks and weeks and weeks, so... <laughs> It's different colours. I like it. And she's had her hair done. So good on you, Karen. Um, right. Our panel of the week. Vicky, you've already said yours, but you want to say uh, it again? Uh, Cobra's butt sticking up pipe. <laughs> because I just it made me laugh. Yes. Uh, Daniel, what about you? Um, I think I'll do... Uh, let's see. It's the one where he's, Daredevil's going out onto the cable and there's just a tiny little, like... Eye peeking out of foggy over the the, oh, the ledge, yeah. <laughs> and you have like a whole like crowd of people like in the office staring out the window at him. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of a fun issue or a fun panel. Yeah, I love the people looking out the window again, like really great sort of extras in the background. I I also love that one. I forgot to mention it when we were going through it. Um, so mine would probably either be that or the cobra just slithering out the car because I just think it's hilarious that like yeah. just get out the car door. What are you doing? <laughs> like, why, why, like why are you like this? Because he he does look like he's just fallen, like he's drunk, and he's opened the door and he's just belly flopped onto the ground, and it's just it's just bizarre and hilarious to me. So and I awesome. love how that 
it's like, oh, I'm I'm being incognito. No one will see me like this. And he's just like <laughs> slithering on the ground. In my green and purple outfit. <laughs> um so let's i so i've got I, I did read the letters and there weren't many that were that interesting but there was one that i thought was interesting um and i'm gonna read it and i thought it was interesting particularly with um you know obviously this was written a long time ago so you know 50 years ago and with sort of what's been happening in the last few years and also after watching the most recent episode of falcon and the winter soldier which i will not spoil anything from I just thought this was an interesting letter. And I will start it by saying this is, I'm quoting the letter. This is not my own language, okay? Mm. But I thought this was interesting. Okay. Dear Stan and Jean, I'm 20 years old and I used to read all of the Brand Ech books. But since I read my first Daredevil mag, I can't seem to get enough of your comics. The heroes and villains are the greatest, with Daredevil, of course, being on top of the heap. Those battles with the villains and all the talk that goes on is really groovy and adds to the excitement of the story. I'm a Negro and about the only comic. This is not my words. I'm just reading. This is the person who said it. Uh, and about the only comic, uh, a comment that I have is during the time I've been reading comic mags, I've never seen a Negro villain appearing in any story. Now, we compose about 10 percent of the population. And I'm sure that in this world, there is at least one Negro villain worthy of giving your heroes a battle. What I'm trying to say is how about a future story that will include one? While I'm on the subject, how come you haven't given uh, me the pl- how come you haven't at least given me the pleasure of a Negro superhero to cheer on? I'm sure one of us must have been fortunate enough to acquire some sort of superpower to aid this world. Don't you agree? I think all your mags are the greatest. And that was from Joseph Clay. And the answer he gets is and we feel the same way about our rollicking readers, Joey Boy. As for a superhero, let's wait and see what the reaction is to the ever-loving Black Panther when he guest stars in the great new Fantastic Four special on sale in August. But you really knocked us out of our birdcage when you asked for a Negro supervillain. Usually any generic villain arouses a storm of protest from whatever specific group he may be thought to represent. However, we'd sure like to believe that your offbeat request is a straw in the wind, indicating a new maturity amongst the public, heralding the day that no reader will feel that any single character, whether a good guy or a bad guy, could possibly represent an entire race or ethnic group. Your no prize is on the way, soldier. And that was the reply. I just thought I'd mention that because I actually really liked the reply that was given Mm. um, because it's... I thought it was very interesting because obviously a lot of stuff that's happened in the last few years and sort of thinking where we are now with um, superheroes in comics and uh, particularly characters of colour and ethnic minorities. And we've come so far um, and what was and what has kind of been brought up and Vicky and I were discussing it before we recorded about Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, that's brought some stuff up. But I like the fact that they, in the reply, it wasn't just, oh, we'll do it just to fill this this niche, if you like. It was hoping for a future in that that is not the thing that defies if a character happens to be an ethnic minority or mm. or um, sexual orientation or anything else. It doesn't define them as a character. They are not that's the only that's not the only thing that defines them and i thought that was actually a really interesting response from the the 60s 
Um, I mean, it's... So I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that, because it actually made me think that letter, which is good. It's, it's an interesting response, but then when you... Then I think, well, actually, I wouldn't expect anything less when you consider that mm-hmm. most of Marvel's writers around this time were, like, I mean, like Stan and, and, and Kevin, like, Jewish, uh, uh, first-generation um, Jewish, Jewish immigrants... Mm-hmm. Um, who remember, you know, I mean, it's only the 60s, mm-hmm. so they they remember the kind of persecution that um, that you know, if if they didn't face that persecution, then their their parents certainly did, yeah, um, and their grandparents. So that's actually the kind of response that I would I would have expected to a letter like that, to be honest, because they yeah. were always they were always very vocal. Um, about their Jewishness, um, about yeah, I mean that's well, that's why they, you know, that's why they came up with Captain America. Mm. That was the whole point of Captain America. Yeah. To yeah. you know, to go punch Nazis. What do you uh, think, Daniel? I, I do think that Marvel was very forward-thinking back in in the 60s um they did a good job introducing you know a plethora of different characters from you know different walks of life and the x-men um you know particularly Mm. by like the 70s became very you know diverse and had you know different characters from all over the world um kind of represented Mm -hmm. um but i do think that was a really good point about you know, identifying with characters, you know, kind of regardless of, you know, what their their gender is or what their race is or, or anything like that. Um, kind of, you know, having that as secondary and telling good stories with good characters and, you know, kind of not focusing, you know, just on that. Um, so I thought that was a good response. And um, that was a great point about, you know, Marvel and particularly Stanley being very, you know, anti bullying and very anti-bigotry um and you know during this time he would do like his soapboxes and editorials Mm -hmm. where he would constantly say you know you know uh you know you can dislike a single person but you know disliking you know a whole group or you know a whole race is is ridiculous Mm. and and um you know so i I think you know that's a very you know good response very indicative of of him you know at the time and it's i guess also not that's surprising in a way when you given i mean it was the 60s um you know it was the age of peace and love and you know um people becoming a lot more aware of what was going on around the world um you know it's but yeah it's, it's the kind of that's the kind of response that i would i would have expected to be honest especially given who was giving the response, mm-hmm. given that it was, you know, the 60s. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I'd be interested as well to know, because they sort of mention about when they do villains before, um, sometimes they get uh, people being angry about the villain. Um, basically, they so they say usually any generic villain arouses a storm of protest from whatever specific group he might be thought to represent. I would like to know kind of what examples of that they'd had before, you know, mm. um, because it sounds like that's something that they they got quite regularly. So I'm sort of interested to to know about that, because maybe when they I, I, I can't even think of any from sort of 
Daredevil already, do you know what I mean? The previous mm. issues, like, but I just thought that was that was interesting. I'd like to sort of know more about the other comics that they were writing at the time where they might have got um, people complaining about that kind of thing. But I just thought it was interesting that um, that was... It really wasn't that long ago, like you were saying, Vicky, but it's just mm. it's just so different, you know. Even yeah. the way that the person who wrote in, um, Joseph, like refers mm. to himself. Yeah. I yeah. just, I, it just kind of like, I read it and I was just like, wow. And this issue was kind of so light in what happened in it. I was like, I'm going to yeah. give us something to discuss at the end. And it's like, I know, I know that, you know, it was a, a different time and... Uh, like minority groups would refer to themselves differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that, but my God, that really, that really made me uncomfortable. It, I, it made me uncomfortable to read it as well, but I yeah. felt like I had to say the word because it was how he was referring to himself. Yeah. And yeah. from the time and, you know, I, you know, I'm so if, if it offended any other listeners, I apologize but I was literally just reading it verbatim as to to what this letter said, and I thought it brought up a lot of interesting points. But that, like that in itself, is an interesting point. Is that mm-hmm. you know the, the 60s was not that long ago, mm-hmm. and a black person was referring to themselves as that. As yeah, as what is seen as yeah, exactly. As so, a derogatory term. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. Wow. I so. guess at least it wasn't the other <laughs> N-word. Exactly, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So we've got to decide what we're going to do with this issue now. So as a reminder, if we love this issue, we put it in our vault on a velvet cushion. It will join last week's issue, which is in the vault. If we thought this issue was absolutely terrible, we throw it out the window of Josie's bar to the alley outside. And if we thought it was okay, we kind of throw it under the bar, keep it around... Uh, Daniel, you're our guest. What do you think this week? Um, I think I'd probably just put this one kind of under the bar. It was, I mean, there were certain elements in it I kind of liked. I mean, I kind of liked, you know, Daredevil dealing with just being, you know, regular, you know, a regular blind person kind of for the first time, um, and still having to kind of deal with, um, you know, being, you know, trying to be Daredevil um, and, you know, while, you know, while dealing with that. So I thought that kind of uh, showcased, you know, the, the the recklessness and the fearlessness of the character, which I thought was nice. Um, but I just, I, I thought it was just kind of an eh issue um, overall. Um, there was some tropes of, you know, the, the, the villains kind of competing against each other. Kind of some overused tropes, I think, a little bit in it with, you know, like Karen and, you know, uh, the villains kind of competing against each other, you know, that we've kind of seen, you know, several times before. Um, but <clears throat> I did kind of like the, the bit at the end with um, Matt and Foggy kind of having their heart to heart a little bit, um, because I think Mike has almost kind of become a symbol of kind of the animosity between the two of them when mm-hmm. they're kind of for Karen, uh, which I think is kind of interesting where he's almost kind of using that persona just to kind of have it out with, with Foggy a little bit. So I'm hoping they continue that, you know, a little bit going forward. Um, but yeah, overall, you know, I just thought it was just kind of an, an okay issue. Okay. Uh, Vicky, what about you? 
I would like to yeet this just Ooh. because I just Matt gets gets on my tits at the moment. Um, <laughs> with his just like it could all be so much simpler. And yeah. he's just he's just complicating things for the sake of complicating them. And I just ugh. Yeah. <laughs> um I'm torn because I was also going to say throw it out the window. But when I was going through it sort of the second time, I was like, there is there is some little tiny, tiny bits here to that are good. So, for instance, Matt's dealing with having no senses or no super senses is interesting. Um, I wish they kind of did more with it rather than he's, he, you know, him being very kind of blasé about <laughs> losing all his senses there doesn't mm. seem to be any sort of worry or fear apart from that one panel of him with his head in his hands um i think he you would be a bit more fearful about if this is going to be permanent but he just seems to be like oh you know okay um and i do like the fact that he talks to foggy at the end about he like i think you're right daniel he almost uses it as a mike as a surrogate to have the conversation that Matt wants to have with Foggy about Karen and I, mm-hmm. I liked that so it's a for me it's putting it under the bar I guess <laughs> yeah so I think That's it's going under the bar but it's near the top of the pile to wipe the floor yeah, I'm, I'm very tentative I mean I could really kind of go either way with it um, like I said those couple little moments are kind of nice but you know, I could be persuaded to throw it out if if we need to. I'm kind of on the on the border with it. I would be happy to throw it out as well. Okay. So shall we throw it out? I mean, it does give us an excuse to use the uh, the the glass smashing. That's true, and the cat. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so. let's throw it out the window. Yeah. Right, it's gone out the window. If we if we change our mind, we can run outside and get it back <laughs> at some point and like dust the uh, the I don't know the rubbish off of it and stuff. Okay, so now it's time for our other segment, which is called Vix Predicts. issue vicky are you ready for all your predicts okay okay next week's issue is called to fight the impossible fight well okay the impossible dream (laughs) to fight the impossible fight so fight the i mean i could go i could go pretty deep here and be like is this some sort of metaphor for Matt fighting his own demons with the whole like he's what's he got he's himself, he's got Daredevil, he's got Matt and now he's I mean it's gonna have something to do with he's whatever utterly ridiculous plan that mm. he thinks he's thought up. And I wonder if that terrible plan is going to involve like so Mike goes off to some sort of rehab centre for his like blindness mm. and he asks Matt 
to become Daredevil. <laughs> okay. Or maybe it's like, surprise, we're actually triplets. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what would the uh, other triplet be called? Mark? Yeah. Mark Murdoch. Meg- Megatron Murdoch. He's got even Maurice Murdoch. He's got um, even, even wackier fashion sense. Uh, either that or, like, fight the impossible fight. Like, the most obvious kind of, of thing is going to be, like, Hyde and Cobra, like, end up teaming up with some other, like, shit villains mm. in bad costumes. Um, and and Matt has to take them all on without his, like, radar senses that and stuff. That would be cool. Okay. And how long um, do you think Mike... Uh, Murdoch will be around at the moment, Vicky, because obviously it's been a little while. I really hope not very long. <laughs> just... Emma's yelling at you from. Uh... I'm so sorry, Emma, but like, oh my god, yeah, like, ugh. Okay. It's just, it's getting so like ridiculously com- convoluted now. This whole like, I'm pretty sure that Matt doesn't even know who he is anymore. <laughs> To yeah, be honest. it's very soap opera. Mhm. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's kind of wacky. Okay. Um. Well, we will have to see you next week with that issue. Um. Did you guys have any final thoughts on this issue or this run? Obviously, Daniel, you said you're a little bit behind. Um. But I don't know if you like remember these issues from reading Daredevil before, because I know you've read like these these ones before. Yeah, I have. It's it's been a while. Um, I wanted to ask what you mm-hmm. guys thought of uh, Mr. Hyde and Cobra as kind of the new evil duo. Uh, it's kind of interesting because we've we have a lot of kind of bad guy duos with um, we had the Plunderer and Gladiator, and now we mm-hmm. have Mr. Hyde and Cobra, who I think uh, go on for a while, kind of being mm-hmm. a a bad guy partnership that's plagued Daredevil. Um, so I was just kind of thinking, you know, what were your guys' thoughts on it and how they match up with Gladiator and the Mass Marauder? I feel like they're just the ox and the eel again. Yeah. Like the very strong, of... you know, strong guy, and then it's like a guy with slippery powers, and it's that kind of dynamic again, you know? Mm. Um, I I quite like Mr. Hyde as a villain. I think he's inter- I think he's more interesting than the ox, although I thought the ox is most interesting issue was the one you know with the the brain swap that we saw before yeah Um, yeah but i think they're fine they're not my favorite villains um but i think mr hyde is quite interesting just because i kind of have a soft spot for like jekyll and hyde stories Mm. it's um i think i think if if cobra's costume wasn't so awful um i probably wouldn't even remember them i'd probably actually get them confused with ox and the eel because they are very very similar mm. it's one one with sort of they're those kind of characters it, there's but... you know the, the 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 big kind of i mean the only difference i suppose is that with uh mr hyde he's i mean the ox was a bit stupid wasn't he bless him um but hyde's got I think that's maybe what makes Hyde a bit more dangerous is because he's got like the big beefy smashy smashy um, personality, uh, but he's also quite clever. Mm. So, 
they're kind yeah. of a, a fun duo like they because they're very different powers so whenever you have a, a duo of villains like that it's kind of fun mm. i um the masked marauder was just kind of i mean yeah. we were you know we didn't really like the masked marauder um and no one so... will ever ever be as stunningly amazing as <laughs> the okay. so um, like that the bar is set yeah <laughs> without sort of saying too much about comics you know coming up um I think they're fine. Yeah, they're not not really my favourite villains. Most of my favourite villains are still to come. Um, the only one we've really seen so far that would probably be in my top dead old villains is um, uh, Purple Man and mm. and Gladiator. I think can't think of any more. What about you? What do you think, Daniel? Plunderer. Oh, and Plunderer. But I'm thinking of like may like known as Daredevil villains. Oh, okay. Yeah, the plunderer. The, he, plunderer is awesome, uh, but he's the less kind of like a main, mainstay. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um. I I think this is kind of like the third iteration of kind of like you know the big strong guy partnering with kind of the more stealthy slither mm. around kind of villain. Um. So it, we've kind of had it several times. We um, also had the frog I, frog guy and um ape man, which was oh, kind yeah. of a similar relationship as well. Sorry to interrupt, Daniel. I just remembered. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's, and I kind of mentioned it earlier where, you know, it's kind of that repeated trope of you know, okay, we have two bad guys teaming up. You know, they have similar, you know, one strong, one's kind of more stealthy, and they're constantly kind of debating, you know, who's who's better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, I mean, they're okay. Um, I think they kind of hang hang out uh, a little bit longer than I would have liked them to, mm-hmm. um, because like I said you're not going in. Because I think I want to say they they hang out. Uh, and they're kind of reoccurring villains, you know, a good bit going forward. Um, so, I mean, they're okay, but they're they're definitely not my favorite. Yeah, I think I'd be I'd be really surprised if anyone was like, you know, who my favorite team of Daredevil villains are Mister Hyde and Cobra. You know, <laughs> I don't I don't imagine they're anyone's yeah, top tier Daredevil villains because they're yeah they're they're fine but they're not like the most fun and they're not the most wacky you know and they're not the most memorable so they don't seem to have a ton going for them because i mean at least with the mass marauder i mean yes the 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 outfit was terrible but i mean at least he kind of had the the mastermind stick going for him Mm -hmm. and he had kind of more intricate plots um although they got a little bit ridiculous um, but with these guys, they're almost kind of just, you know, smash and grab type criminals. And there's mm. not much going on, you know, more than that. And you had, even though it was a very obvious mystery as well, with the Master Marauder, you had the mystery as to who he was. Yeah. Um, mm. So there was that as well going going for him. And he seemed to have like a, um, an you know, like a, a longer plan. And he had a, a personal connection with, um, with Matt Murdock and Foggy and everyone because it was Mr. Farnham. So I think yeah. it made him a little bit more interesting. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I think they're they're pretty fine. We will see them again. Uh, unfortunately, Vicky, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> so any last thoughts on this uh, issue, guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Daniel, as always, for joining us. 
you're always, yes. always welcome to join us. Always, always, always. At the bar. Oh, um, thank you guys. I really appreciate it. No, no, thank you. And I know you've had a, a busy, a busy few weeks. So thank you for, you know, um, finding the time and coming to join us. We, we always yeah. love having you on. Um, do you want to promote anything in particular this week? Um, no, like I said, I've kind of just been, you know, uh, work's kind of, you know, taken over life the last few weeks. Um, I'm hoping to get back with the, uh, the Green Lantern book club. Um, so if anybody is, uh, fans of the blog of OA Facebook page or the, their main webpage, uh, the blog of OA, um, there's links on both to the book club of OA, which I run. Um, so we're, hoping to kind of dive back into it. Um, I have a week off coming up, so hopefully I can schedule something for then, kind of like the first week in April. Um, we were planning on breaking up. Uh, there's a huge story arc in Green Lantern called Godhead that was fairly recent, so we were talking about kind of breaking it up and doing it in about three chunks. So hopefully in the first first week in April or so, um, we can do the first segment of that. So nice. if there's any fans of that listening, um, that'll be upcoming. Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, or keep us, um, you know, posted on how that goes. If there's like a link or anything you want to put on the, um, you want you want us to put on the Facebook group or the Instagram, just PM it over to me and I'll do that for you. That's not a problem. Sweet. Okay, awesome. Thank cool. you. Uh, and obviously you're going to be back again. I can't remember which next issue you've got, but I don't think it's too far away. <laughs> yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, and I'll, uh, and I'll make a concerted effort to get caught up and listen to. Uh, the, the previous podcast so hopefully i'll be <laughs> more on top next the next time it was a oh don't worry it was a, it was a wacky one last last week with um uh it was it was interesting as well just hearing hearing vicky's emotions through reading the comic <laughs> where she she thought she was promised thor and then she thought she wasn't going to get thor and then she did get thor and <laughs> It was an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> it, was, it was such an emotional roller coaster for me, to be honest. <laughs> it was it was quite funny. I was just um, like, ah. Awesome. Right, well it is time at the bar, so ring that bell, Vicky. And we'll be back next issue. Bye. Bye. Bye guys. Thanks for listening. If you want to send us feedback, you can contact us via Josie's Bar at reactionary-sass.com, on facebook.com at Josie's Bar Podcast, at Instagram or Twitter at Josie's Bar, or on Tumblr at josiesbarpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also call the SAS line 321-710-4947. Our other podcasts and individual social media accounts can be found at reactionary-sass.com.